We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. Welcome to something new we're doing here in 2019. It's the Huddle Reloaded. That's right, Toby Rowland and Teddy Lehman are live every Tuesday night from Rudy's, but there hasn't ever been a true audio element outside of just the TV side of this, and there's no radio network coverage of this like there is with the Rudy's Coaches Show with Lincoln Riley or the Coaches Corner, which this week has Bill Biedenboe and Ruffin McNeil. And when we were putting together our plan for how we wanted the podcasts to look in 2019, Jacob Potter said, no, might not be a bad idea to just go ahead and roll with what Toby and Teddy do on Tuesday night. So throughout the season, we'll kind of sprinkle in a few more of our opinions and our perspectives with Toby and Teddy as the show progresses. But uh, tonight's just an awesome opportunity to hear one of the greatest linebackers in Oklahoma history in Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, just really go back and forth on some different perspectives and opinions as it pertains to the Sooners and not just the defense, but what the offense might look like, at least how it might be different with Jalen Hurts at quarterback as opposed to Kyler Murray. So here we go. Let's get after it. It's live from Rudy's every Tuesday night, but you get it right now on the Sooner Sports Podcast. It's the Huddle Reloaded. Well, we got one extra day to get ready because Oklahoma is going to open on Sunday night. They've got the national television stage all to themselves. This is a little different. I like it, though. We get to watch everything on Saturday. I think it's fantastic. Now, 
there are some drawbacks. If you don't play well, you know, everyone in the country is going to be watching you, right? So the hot takes are going to be flying if you don't play well. But uh, I think it's really cool, man. You get the holiday, the day following. It's perfect. I think the whole thing is laid out perfectly. And if it goes well, I bet a bunch of people are going to be saying, hey, let's make this a new tradition. Yeah. Well, this is going to kind of serve as a preview show. We're going to learn together um, what we think this Oklahoma football team is going to look like this year. No depth chart yet. Maybe Lincoln will share some information with us a little bit later on. uh, Some ribbing about that. I mean, no depth chart. You, making my job hard. It's kind of important for what you do, you know. Yeah, he's he's making it <laughs> making it difficult, but we'll, we'll manage. But I guess we got to start with the quarterback. Uh, it might be the number one story in all of college football going into this season. Alabama transfer Jalen Hurts now wearing the number that Kyler Murray wore, wore last year for the Oklahoma Sooners. He's going to be the starter. We know that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's fantastic. Uh, the story is great. We all know what happened to Alabama. He's a starter there as, as a youngster. He looks like a little kid when you watch him play uh, back whenever he was a freshman. Now looks like a grown man. Uh, you know, got his job taken on a national stage in a national championship. I mean, that takes some real perseverance to be able to fight through that. And here he is at Oklahoma uh, with a chance to have a great season and who knows, maybe get back to a national championship here with the Sooners. And in this offense, who knows? You know, I, early on at Alabama and his team, I think it was a run-heavy offense, risk-averse with Nick Saban. You know, don't put my defense in a bad spot. It's different here at Oklahoma. It's going to be go, 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 trying to put up yards and put up numbers. And it may be a bit of a transition period for him to learn how to let it go. But I think he definitely has all the tools. May not be a more respected player in the nation. Lincoln Riley talks about Jalen, and then Jessica Cootie talks with him herself. Coach, you maintained all along it was going to be a battle. What can you say about the way your quarterbacks not only battled but pushed each other to get better throughout this whole process? Yeah, they did a great job. They've they've uh, they've really come together. It's, it's it's such a new group, you know, guys from different backgrounds and, and hadn't spent a lot of time with each other yet. And they've uh, it's been a it's been a very healthy competition. But I think there's a lot of respect for each other in that room, and um, I'm proud of the way that they've competed, and I'll expect them to continue to do the same. What ultimately separated Jalen? It was just a little bit better. I mean, just, you know, I don't know that there was one category, one thing that you would point to. I, I thought his his down days uh, where maybe he wasn't at his best were maybe a little bit better than the other two. But, uh, listen, he did. they all did a great job. It was really close, and that's, that's what you expect and what you hope it'll be. You've had different quarterbacks since you've been here. How excited do you get to tailor and tweak an offense to uh, complement your quarterback skill set? That's fun. It's fun. Uh, it's uh, one of the things we enjoy doing, and, and not only their physical skill set, but also how they learn and how they process. And so, uh, you know, we've got a it, we've, we've certainly gained a lot better understanding of not only Jalen but the other guys in that room and and what we think they can do well. So excited to see all that we're able to do. Finally, Coach, what do you need to see from Jalen over these next 11 days before he runs out there for week one? Just keep improving. You know, he's made steady improvement uh, from here, uh, from the beginning. You know, he's it's amazing how different he looks uh, from day one to now. You know, so he's worked hard, and, and certainly uh, I know he's excited for the opportunity, but also very focused on just getting better day-to-day right now. Coach, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. All right, well, when you first decided to transfer here, Coach Riley made it very evident that you were going to have to win the job. How important was it for you to battle it out and win the job as opposed to it just be given to you? Um, you know, you got you to work for everything in life. Um, and coming here, 
the same same mentality, working for everything and, and, and more importantly competing, trying to be the best version of myself every day. So um, things are the way they are now, and we're ready to attack the season. Coach Riley said it, just a huge leaps and bounds in your game since you first got here. How would you describe where your game is at as you head into game week next week? Um, I, mean, I think the reality is I'm not the same player I was as a freshman, sophomore at you know Alabama, so things have changed. I'm a different player, and I can't wait to, to express myself. This has been the top offense in the country for several years now. What excites you the most about taking over the reins of this offense? Um, I mean, regardless of all of that, I think what we want to do as a team, um, as a group, uh, we want to do something special. We want to go out there and execute, you know, be precise and do our jobs and try and be as, as efficient as we can. So we're going to try and do that. Last year I had the same conversation with Kyler about, uh, you know, filling Baker's shoes, and he said it was important for him to not to be Baker but to be himself. How do you approach a situation when you know you're going to have a lot of expectations on you? The same thing applies, you know, just going out there trying to be the best version of myself leading this group. And uh, with the weapons that you have around you here, uh, you know, a lot of talk about the wide receiver depth, the running backs. How much confidence does that provide you being that this is still a new system and you're still adjusting to it? Well, you know, there's no excuses over here. You know, we're taking it day by day. Um, we're trying to get better every day. Um, and, you know, things will continue to unfold the way they're supposed to. And obviously, you've been made aware of the legacy of quarterbacks here. Uh, how exciting is that for you? How special is that for you to join this legacy? Day by day. Day by day. Hopefully, I can look back on it and say it was a special thing. And finally, last question for you. You've been in some big-time atmospheres, played in some big-time crowds, but how excited are you to play in front of Sooner Nation for the first time? Um, it'll be a special one. You know, senior year, um, hopefully we can go out with a bang and do something special. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you to Jessica Goody for that. Are you a superstitious guy? Oh, I guess it depends. Maybe. National championship quarterbacks at OU. Jimmy Harris. Right. Jamel Holloway. Correct. Josh Heupel. Yes. J.H., 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 Jalen Hurts, now the starting quarterback at Ole What does that mean? Does that mean we can dust off number eight? Or? I, it's not I, a bad sign, right? I, it's, I think it's a great sign. What do you I think? Mean, the, the, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say until it's proven wrong, yeah. right? Well, what do you think? The, uh, Kyler was, was a significantly different skill set quarterback than Baker. Jalen is different than both those guys. What do you think the offense is going to look like with Jalen Hurts at the helm? Well, it, I mean, it's an interesting question. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I think that he's got some great running skills that I think we're going to see. I think both Baker and Kyler were experts when it came to escaping the rush, getting outside the pocket, and looking down the field for big plays, right? Um, I think younger quarterbacks and quarterbacks that maybe don't have that expertise level, um, as soon as they escape the pocket, go get the first down, right? Um, get a couple of yards, slide. I think Lincoln wants his quarterbacks to take those opportunities for big chunk plays down the field. And I think that's the one thing that we've got to see if Jalen Hurts can do. Like I said earlier, he's coming from a very risk-averse offense with Nick Saban. It's going to be different here. Um, can his skill set of, of being a good runner with the football translate into getting outside the pocket, using his legs, but converting that into touchdown deep balls instead of just first downs? Lincoln said it was a good battle between Hertz and Tanner Mordecai and, of course, five-star freshman Spencer Rattler on campus as well. I think you got to feel good about the depth of that position, don't you? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I think Mordecai uh, is a really good quarterback. I think that competition is a lot, a lot closer than people wanted to say. Uh, I think Mordecai had a really good camp.
We heard Lincoln all along. And people, well, yeah, but it's Jalen Hurts' job. I think Mordecai really attacked that thing and, and put himself in, in a good position to where, okay, Jalen Hurts is a starter, but we've got a really good number two that we would feel great about if we had to go with him right now. So I think that's fantastic. You got a young guy in Spencer Rattler that's got all of the tools. He's inexperienced, right, as a, as a true freshman. I don't know how much we're going to see him this year, but it's another guy that, as far as the skill set that he possesses, I think they're really really confident in that. I don't know that they're ready to just throw him out there to the wolves, but I think he's definitely got a really good base of skills that they can build. Let's talk about the rest of the OU offense as we get set for the season opener on Sunday night on Owen Field. Of course, Jalen Hurts expected to be at quarterback, but... What about the rest of the backfield? Deep, talented. They got five guys that I think they trust back there in the backfield. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, Kennedy Brooks, Trey Sermon, you know, any of these guys, Pledger, I think you feel comfortable if any of those guys had to take the bulk of the carries. Uh, I don't know who's going to be the guy that gets the first carry. I don't know who the, the starter's going to be for this offense, but they've got several capable guys. I like the role that Trey Sermon has, has filled the last couple of years as kind of a fourth uh, fourth quarter bruiser type of guy to come in for the tough yards. Kennedy Brooks turned into a home run threat a year ago, but I, whether it's uh, Stevenson, the junior college guy, or Majors, the true freshman, they've got a whole list of guys that you feel like could go in there and do an outstanding job. You mentioned Trey Sermon. Let's take a look at some video of him. He has served as the Mariano Rivera kind of for this team. He's been the closer the last couple of years. It's nice when he's fresh. And uh, there's been a few times where he even wondered if he made the road trip. You hadn't seen him out there. And then here he comes in the second half to punish teams. You know, it's really, it's wild to think about an offense that can run sometimes upwards of 80 plays in a game and then bring in a running back in the fourth quarter when a defense is totally worn out and he's got completely fresh legs and you're trying to tackle that guy after you've been out there for an entire game. It's such a huge advantage for an offense and they don't just have one guy that they can do that with. They've got several. And what I like about Sermon is he's always over his pads, really patient whenever he's behind the line of scrimmage, letting his, his blockers get out in front of him and make blocks. You know, he's not a super... Um, you know, make you miss type of guy that's got a lot of shake. He's just patient. And whenever he gets his pads down, he's really difficult to bring down. So he's just a good all-around running back for the Sooners. Kenny Bro uh, Kennedy Brooks burst onto the scene as a breakaway threat last year. He averaged a whopping eight yards a carry. He was the big play guy. No, he was. Uh, and, and that eight yards is one maybe tops in the country. It was right up there turned into a home run threat as soon as he went in. A lot of people like, who is that? Kennedy Brooks? Who's that guy? And all of a sudden he starts ripping off big long runs for the Sooners. He's another guy that's really patient. He's got a little bit more flash, I think, whenever he gets into the open field than Trey Sermon does. He's still tough to bring down between the tackles, but he can make one guy miss and take it to the house. Uh, definitely a home run threat with, with Kennedy Brooks. I'm excited about the possibilities for TJ Pledger this year. We only saw him a little bit a year ago in but when we did see him he was exciting a different body type maybe a little change of pace and if he's healthy i think he could have a big year you know one of the things that 
we don't see a whole lot of, but is definitely there in this offense, is some of the passing plays to the running backs. It's there. We see it from time to time. But with some of the stuff we saw Joe Mixon do and, and some of the other backs over the years, we know it's definitely something that Lincoln can dial up. And I think that suits Pledge, uh, Pledger perfectly. You got a couple of big bruisers, guys that can run between the tackles. And then you put Pledger out there, as you said, a change of pace guy. You get him out there on screens and little swing routes yeah. where a linebacker has to tackle him one-on-one -on -one can be incredibly difficult. And you mentioned the JUCO transfer, Ramondre Stevenson. Seems like they like him a lot, as well as Marcus Major from up the road at Millwood High School. We're not going to focus on the H-backs, but that's been a very important position for Oklahoma in recent years. Jeremiah Hall, Braden Willis, I think they're both going to see a lot of playing time there. Offensive line. This is a big question mark for this team, the biggest on the offensive side of the ball. You know you've got Creed Humphrey there in the middle, but around him, very much up in the air until we see on Sunday night. Yeah, I, I think offensive line, it could be a lot um, of what we saw in the 2015 year. You had uh, a couple of younger guys thrown out there into the mix. Early in the season, it was kind of a, a patchwork, not necessarily sure what, what line they were going to go with, really from drive by drive or game by game. But by the time the end of the season rolled around, you had a really, really good unit. I think there's some similarities this year. You've got after, you know, four guys leave from, a, from an offensive line, you've got to replace them. You've got a good well of talent. It's just about plugging in the right guy to the right spot. And I think early on, there could be several guys get time. There could be a rotation, maybe even some tackles sliding down to play guards and vice versa until they find that, that really good five guys that they can rely on. I think it's going to be a work in progress. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can you can question, but Bill Beatenboe right. is not one of them, and <laughs> I think you'll have these guys really coached up. That's a great point. Adrian Ely, Marquise Hayes, Tyrese Robinson, R.J. Proctor, I think those guys are at least in the mix to get starting jobs. Two things you feel really good about with this unit. One, you just mentioned, they might have the best O-line coach in America. Two, that guy in the middle, Creed Humphrey, knows what he's doing. He might be the best at what he does in, the, in America. I, uh, I can't say enough about Creed Humphrey. The dude is, I mean, he's got a chance to be, as a center, in my opinion, a top 15, top 12 pick. He's a giant. The guy is like six foot five, 330 pounds playing center. It's unbelievable. He's super strong. He's super athletic. He's smart. He's got great technique. He's got a great coach. He's the total package whenever it comes to offensive linemen in this day and age. Wide receiver. A ton of weapons to throw the ball to. Hollywood Brown is gone, but uh, C.D. Lamb is coming off a big-time year. Have to be considered among the favorites going into the year for the Bolitnikoff Award. And he's got a plethora of talented freshmen around him. Yeah, I mean, C.D. Lamb, to me, is whenever you watch this team and you go out and you see him at practice and, and you see him playing, he sticks out. As, you're like, that guy's the best player on the team. <laughs> and there's a lot of really good players out there, so that's amazing. He's a total package. He's a deep threat. He's an unbelievable route runner. Uh, he's got fast twitch muscle. He could jump up and go high point the, the ball. Uh, you can target him on a bunch of different type of routes. He's fantastic. Great after the catch as well. And you're right. You know, the one good thing about Oklahoma receivers over the years is 
there, we're not just a, a a one receiving core guy. You know, it's not like we just have one player that if you Lots take of care options. of this guy, you know, you're going to have them locked down. No, there's going to be tons of guys underneath. There's going to be tight end mismatches with Calcaterra and Stogner. There's going to be guys in the slot that, that are quick and can run uh, really good routes. I mean, you can rotate guys in and just, I mean, you, you can platoon wide receivers in that are all five-star type of guys. You just don't get that anywhere else in the country. So let's take a look at the romper room. Here come the kiddies. We'll start with uh, with Hazelwood. Hazelwood, Weiss, Bridges, all five-star receivers. Hazelwood may be the most rangy of all of them, but I think they're all going to play it. They all have a chance to be impact guys their freshman year. No, they really do. Um, I think, you know, as you see, they, they've got good shake. Uh, I really like Bridges. He's a guy that's a, that's a really good target, has great hands. Um, you know, Weiss is another guy that, I mean, they're just, you can't say enough about them. They, they're all five-star wide receivers for a reason. They've got a, a unique combination of athletic ability, great hands, and great route running ability that are, are just top-notch. There you see Trajan Bridges. He probably had the best spring game, and because of the position he plays, I think, it, you know, the kind of the common belief is of the freshman, he might be the guy who has the best chance to make the biggest impact right away. I would agree with that. I, I think that's safe to say. Um, you know, and he, like I said, he's got all the tools. He's a five-star for a reason. Uh, excellent route runner. He's got great hands, can high point the football, and uh, good after the catch as well. I mean, Lincoln, it's not enough in this offense to just catch the football. We want guys to go score, and Bridges is one of the guys that can do that. You see a little uh, Kenny Steele stills yeah, in him? Absolutely, 100%. There's some of the same mannerisms, and uh, Kenny Stills is you know, a great wide receiver, a great deep threat. So if he could emerge and turn into a, a guy that had the numbers of Kenny Stills, that'd be fantastic. There's, there's the other of the baby boomers right there, Theo Weiss. He'll wear the number 10 for the Sooners, and we expect him to have an impact, a, a chance to be an impact guy as well. Now, tight end, and, and they don't really call them tight ends, inside receivers, but Oklahoma's got uh, quite a trio there as well with Grant Calcaterra, Lee Morris, and another freshman in Austin Stogner, who is a giant. Let's mm -hmm. talk about Grant Calcaterra first. Well, I think Calcaterra has a chance to have, well, I don't know that you'd call it a breakout season because he's caught a lot of footballs for Oklahoma, but I think he can turn into, aside from C.D. Lamb, maybe their most potent threat. Um, Matchups over the middle. He's rangy. He's, he's tough to bring down after the catch. I think he's... You know, there, there's some guys that, as a as a defensive player, when you line up across from him, you feel like, oh yeah, I can lock this guy down. So I think he's he's just a little bit deceiving in his size, and I think he's a little bit deceiving in his speed. So he makes for a tough cover, whether it's a linebacker stepping out or a safety coming down from depth to take him man to man. It's a matchup that our quarterbacks have really liked. You can throw it up and let him go over the top. As you see here, making a big catch at the back of the end zone. Uh, you know, he made the two great plays in the Big 12 championship. All of a sudden, you look down in, in Calcaterra, we're talking about as one of the more experienced guys on the, on the uh, offense. So I think he could have a really big year. Now, here's the uh, one-handed grab in the Big 12 championship Fantastic. game you were talking about. We're not going to spend much time on Lee Morris. All he did was catch touchdowns no, last there's year. There's nothing else to talk about, really. Well, let's, let's go ahead and skip to the Austin Stogner kid. 6'6", six, six, giant frame. Do you think he plays right away? I think there's a good chance that he does. And I'll tell you what's interesting about, about Stogner to me. 
and I, I don't want to make the comparison and say that he's as good or can be as good as Gronkowski, but what's interesting to me is Gronkowski has a way of running down the field where it doesn't look like he's running very fast, but he's so big that it's awkward for the defensive backs to ever get around him to make a play mm-hmm. on the ball. And there's just some similarities with Stogner. I mean, he's not just a, a, a burner out there as far as speed, but he positions himself well, and it's just hard for defensive backs to make a play on the football, and it turns into a really safe uh, safe place to put the ball if you're a quarterback. That was a perfect example. That last highlight we saw, he kind of had him blocked out, almost yeah, like a, a pass to the post in basketball. He just held like, this guy off. As a off. defensive back, you're like, okay, we're not running fast. There's the <laughs> ball, but I just I can't get to it. There's no way around the guy. So, I mean, it's, it's a tough matchup for some of the smaller DBs in this conference. Let's talk defense. Changes made on the defensive side of the ball. Alex Grinch brought in from Ohio State to be the defensive coordinator. Roy Manning, Brian Odom join him as well on the defensive staff. Alex and, and the new approach defensively. What do you what do you know? What do you think it's going to look like? I can't wait for this. I'm I'm so excited about this defense. Um, it's been a while since we've had a front. Uh, and when I say front, I'm I'm really talking about the front seven. You know, defensive line, linebackers that are an attack front. They're going to be lined up right on the football. They're going to be penetrating gaps. They're going to be trying to get into the backfield. We've seen a lot in the Big 12 and in Oklahoma recently of the two-gap approach. Mm -hmm. Defensive line, a yard off the football, kind of in squatted stances, uh, you know, grabbing offensive linemen and trying to read and react and fall off and make a play. Uh, That slows things down for uh, slows things down for the linebackers on the back end, and it just gives you this this feeling of a defense that's not on the attack. That's not going to happen this year. You're going to have defensive linemen right up on the line of scrimmage. They're going to be penetrating. They're going to be running stunts. They're going to be shooting gaps, and it's going to be an all-out assault trying to get into the backfield. It's going to clear things up for the linebackers. Linebackers are going to be able to run. Uh, they're not going to be waiting on the defensive line to make a, a, a a play and fall off one direction or another. They can attack their gap immediately, and it's going to make for some exciting football. And I think it's going to help them force those turnovers that they're talking about. You know, Grinch is pretty unrelenting whenever it comes to um, pressuring these guys that we have to get the football back. We got to have takeaways. We need two or more a game. They've crunched the numbers. They know exactly how many they need to to, to force in a season uh, to equal uh, X amount of wins. And they're after those numbers, and they're not going to stop and let up on their guys till they get them. I love listening to this guy talk <laughs> defensive football. Isn't that? We're so lucky to have him on the uh, Sooner Radio crew. Here's the path for Mr. Grinch to Norman. You notice uh, Missouri started there as a grad assistant. The Washington State stop was kind of what put him on the map there. He was playing alongside Mike Leach, so he was alongside a, a spread offense. He was playing in the Pac-12, trying to defend spread offenses there, and did a great job, and I think that's what got him on Lincoln Riley's radar, of course, coming from Ohio State most recently. 
D-line, you were talking, you're excited to see these guys up front, the big uglies. Uh, Neville Gallimore is slimmed down. Yep. He's lost 30-plus pounds. Dylan Famatau also has slimmed down, and there's a reason for that, right? Right. Oh, yeah, it's because they're flying. They're running to the football. They're shooting gaps. They're penetrating. Um, you know, if you're going to catch a 330-pound guard and try and throw him one direction or another where you're going to have to weigh 300 pounds yourself uh, if you're trying to penetrate and beat that guy to the backfield where you want to be quick so they've they've lost some weight they've slimmed up they're as athletic and as explosive as ever so it's going to be great and here's another thing we've heard Grinch what has he preached since he's been here speed D right it's all about effort you have to fly to the football there has to be a hundred percent effort from every single guy out there which means if you're a big defensive tackle, that's you too. If it's a throw to the sideline, that doesn't mean uh, let the secondary linebackers handle it. You're in on the pursuit as well. Well, does that mean those guys are going to get tired? We're going to see, I bet Saturday or Sunday, rather, we're going to see 11 or 12 defensive linemen play wow. at those four spots. <laughs> that's a big number. They're going to rotate them through. And here's the thing that I love. I don't think there's a whole lot of fall off between number one guy and number three guy at those at You those like positions. this D-line a lot, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah. I, I think they're going to be fantastic. One guy you're going to see on the field a lot, maybe in a starting role, is number seven. Ronnie Perkins led the team with five sacks as a freshman a year ago. Yeah, yeah and he's got all the tools. I mean, the guy is just uh, super powerful, super explosive, still a little raw, which is okay in this defense because why? All we care about is your effort. We need you flying to the ball. There's technique things in there for sure, but it's uh, it's about penetrating, beating blocks, and he's got the tools to do that. Um, Going to play him at defensive end, and yeah, I bet he has a huge year. Q Overton, Kenneth Mann, some of the other names you'll hear, among others, are some young guys they like, Aguebu and Wete up front as well. Let's talk linebackers, though. Kenneth Murray was named the preseason Big 12 Player of the Year coming off a year a season ago in which he compiled a ridiculous number of tackles, and you think he's going to have a big year this year again. I do. I think he wins Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's capable of that. He's got the tools. He's not going to have as many tackles as he had a year ago, which is fine. He's going to have a lot more tackles for loss. Okay? He's going to be penetrating. He's going to be making plays in the backfield. This is his third year as a starter. This is whenever guys really start to take off. This is his true junior year. He's going to be fantastic. He's he's accepted the role as leader of this defense. I think guys have followed that lead. And uh, I, I, I honestly think the sky is the limit for Kenneth Murray. You spoke highly of Deshaun White as a freshman a year ago. And in uh, fall camp, John Michael Terry's name has been thrown around a lot at linebacker. Yeah, John Michael Terry has played really well at their rushbacker spot up there on the edge. It's, you know, it's, it's a kind of a linebacker defensive end hybrid spot. He'll be playing up there on the edge of the defense and uh, they're going to ask a lot of him, but uh, that's a position too where you're going to see several guys rotate through there. John Michael Terry is probably going to be your uh, quote starter, but you're going to see Nick Benito in there. You're going to see Ogwebu in there. They're going to rotate a bunch of guys through at that spot. They're going to ro rotate a bunch of guys through inside backer, including Kenneth Murray's spot. All right, They're going to spell him a couple of times and, and you could see a number of guys, maybe Deshaun White plays some Mike Backer and Ryan Jones plays some Will Linebacker. You may see uh, Draper in there. You may see, um, I mean, just several different guys. That's something that is kind of unique to Alex Grinch is he's going to play a ton of guys. 
right? There's going to be a ton of guys play come Sunday at all positions. You're probably going to see nickel guys rotate. You're going to see safeties rotate and corners rotate. They may play, and it doesn't matter if it's Houston and I don't know, you're up by three or four scores or we're deep in the season, we're playing Texas. They're going to play 25 guys on defense. And they're going to rotate fresh legs through. And I think that does a couple of things. Number one, it keeps fresh legs out there, right? And third, fourth quarter, whenever you've played a lot of defense, you still got guys flying to the football. And number two, you get more buy-in from more guys on your team. They know they're going to play. They know they're going to play. You don't stand there in practice and twiddle your thumbs and stare at your phone in meetings and and not stay up to date on everything that you got to do. You're going to play, so you know you're going to be ready. Talk secondary. Trey Brown, Parnell, Motley, maybe your likely starters, at least at the corner. This is the spot, though, the secondary that's been kind of the most picked on by the media and the public because of their numbers a year ago. Yeah, and, you know, rightfully so, and you'll hear Alex Grinch say that. You know, if, if those if that's how we're going to defend, people are going to call us on it, and we, we welcome that, you know. So uh, I think they're well coached. Grinch is uh, excellent at safeties. Manning, the addition of Roy Manning in the secondary, I think is fantastic. Um, we'll see. I, you know, there's there's still some guys there that they feel like they want to get better play out of, but I think there's been good buy-in, and I think there's a potential of some really good play. There's also some potential of getting beat every now and then. That That's, you know, one of the things with playing aggressively, you're going to give up some big plays. If they can limit some of the big over-the-top stuff, it's going to be the real difference for this defense. But here's the other thing, and this is what really excites me. As a, as a corner or a safety, and you're out on an island covering a, a good wide receiver, because there's, there's good wide receivers in this league and in the teams we play in the non-conference. What worries you is whenever there's no pass rush, right? Yeah. I, it's it's me against him. I, I've got no help. That's not going to be the case this year. Our defensive line is going to be collapsing the pocket on quarterbacks. And I think at the end of the year, we may look at this thing and say, man, our secondary really got a lot better. But I think it'll have as much to do with the defensive line creating pressure as it does with the secondary having better coverage. So some highlights there from Trey Brown, from Parnell Motley. Does the loss of Trey, Trey Norwood worry you? Uh, well, <laughs> worry me. I think we're I think we're good enough to where guys are going to step in. But I do think that we're, we probably lost our best cover guy on the team. I think he was at the nickel spot. He was the best man-to-man guy. He probably could have been your best nickel, your best corner, or your best safety. Uh, and they were playing him at nickel because they ask a lot of their nickel. So it's definitely not something that you wanted, but that's football. you got to roll with it. The next guy has to step in and be accountable, and that's the way they coach it. They don't stop. They keep pressing forward. Talk a little Houston. OU Houston coming up 6.30 Sunday night. It's a whiteout, folks. Make sure you're wearing white to the game on Sunday night. Of course, uh, kind of the headline story, I guess, with Houston this year is that Dana Holgerson takes over as head coach, comes from West Virginia. He uh, coached at Houston back in the day and um, got well paid to make the move, and uh, he's got the Cougars now under his belt. He does. Uh, a unique guy, a really good offensive coach. You know, he comes from the air raid system. You know, he's, as we all know, was that at Texas Tech under Leach and um, had that run at Oklahoma State. And then we all remember as head coach at West Virginia. You know, 
he's a little bit different in a sense from most air raid guys because he's not afraid to tailor his offense to his personnel. We've seen him at West Virginia go with um, eye formation stuff and really slow it down whenever he didn't feel like he had a great thrower at quarterback. Um, you know, whenever Will Greer shows up, okay, we've got a good quarterback. They spread it back out, go up tempo, and try and go real fast and, and throw it all over the yard. So he will tailor fit his offense to his personnel. Well, defensively for Oklahoma, that's that's kind of a problem because you don't really know what you're going to see. Yeah, He's never had a quarterback like Derek King. He's never had a true dual threat guy that's maybe better running the ball a good point. than he is throwing it. So if you're Oklahoma defensively, uh, the West Virginia film really isn't very good for you, but you can look at it. Um, you know, their offensive coordinator is a Southern Miss guy, and Southern Miss did all kinds of things. So they're looking at some of that, I imagine. And offensive line coach is from Cal, so they're probably looking at some of the Cal blocking schemes and running game. So it's probably going to be a mix of all that, which is tough in your first game as yeah. defensive staff that you're you're seeing a, a team that you don't really know exactly what you're going to see. So it the could, be, of game could one. be an early adjustment period for the defense. Well, they do have a good quarterback. De'Eric King is his name. Great stats a year ago. 50 total touchdowns, 36 through the air, 14 on the ground, and he didn't play the last two games of the season. And a half games. He only threw six interceptions all year. You mentioned he is uh, he's, he's electric with his feet, definitely a zone read threat. Undersized guy, uh, very shifty, great with the football in his hands, and he's one of those people that whenever he's on the field, he just he finds the end zone. They played him at wide receiver. Uh, he's caught touchdowns. He's played. He's uh, you know played returner and returned kicks for touchdowns. They've used him in trick plays whenever he wasn't quarterback for touchdowns. So he can do absolutely everything out on the football field. And you got to contain a guy like this. You know, I don't think you slow down your rush too much. A lot of times when you face a running quarterback, you get worried and you start to slow down, and it just gives him time back there. I think you put him under duress. I think you uh, you shoot the gaps and you put pressure on him in the pocket and try and force him to get rid of the ball before he wants to, and, uh, and you get some good negative yardage plays, probably force some turnovers, but there's no doubt he's going to be a challenge, and the last thing you want is him to get out into the open field. Kyle Porter, the Texas transfer. They got him at running back. Defensively, they struggled a year ago. Ed Oliver's not there anymore, but we'll see what they got this year. They also brought in a new defensive coordinator. Okay, one of our favorite segments every week is the Pick'em Contest. Five games every week. Teddy will pick who he thinks is going to win. I'll pick who I think is going to win. No spreads involved here. We'll keep a running uh, score and see who's the prognosticator extraordinaire at the end of the year. I'm terrible at this. I'm, I'm going to get yeah, you this no. year. First game. First game. UCLA at Cincinnati of note Sooners have UCLA in week three this is on Thursday night who you got I'm taking Cincinnati. It's in Cincinnati. Pretty good football team. Uh, this game a year ago was interesting. I mean, that was it was a, a game that Cincinnati ended up having a really good defense that year. But I, I just I can't go there yet on UCLA. I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. So I'm going to take Cincinnati. Year two for Chip Kelly. I think they're going to be better. We know they've got a big good quarterback. I'm going to take UCLA completely on a flyer. We also have a new uh, producer this year. Zach okay. Tilly is our new producer. You see Tilly's picks down there. He's going with Cincinnati. Theron Smith, our producer last year, beat us, so we fired him. So we got a new right. producer this year, Zach Tilly. He's taking Cincinnati. 
Second game, OSU at OSU. Oklahoma State at Oregon State on Friday night. Orange and black, orange and black. Who you got? Um, I'm taking OSU to win this one. <laughs> I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Um, I think Oregon State's one of the worst Power 5 football teams out there. I think they've won maybe three games in the last two years. Uh, Oklahoma State... Say what you want about their quarterback situation. I know it seems like we don't they know who it is yet. Yeah, they haven't fallen in love with anyone. They're probably both going to play, but they are super talented at the skill positions. They've got a great running back, great set of wide receivers, and uh, an offensive line that's improving. I'll take Oklahoma State. I've got Oklahoma State as well for all the reasons you said. I just think they're a better football team. Mm-hmm. Tilly is taking Oklahoma State as well. It's a clean sweep. Northwestern at Stanford. Let's stay out west. Saturday games now. This is a decent game. Who you got in this one? I don't know a lot about either one of these teams. I know Northwestern can be dangerous. I'm going to take Stanford, though. They're at home, even though about five to 7,000 people show up to their <laughs> games. Uh, they still don't have to travel Northwestern. Uh, two time zone difference. I'm going to take Stanford physical football team they're big they're they're pretty athletic um on the defensive line i'll take stanford i like stanford as well because it's a home game if this game was in evanston i'd take northwestern tilly likes stanford as well boise state at florida state sneaky good game here florida state had a terrible year in year one under willie taggart he really needs a bounce back season the game is in tallahassee who you got i'm taking boise wow um and this is interesting to me because I think Boise loves these games early in the year. Yeah. It, they treat it like it's the Super Bowl, and they're going to come out. They're going to they're going to play their tails off and try and win this game. Um, you know they've been preparing for it all through spring, all through training camp. Uh, so I'm going to take them. But let me say this. Interesting with Florida State this year, if, if Kendall Bryles does what he's done at all his other spots – you may all of a sudden find Florida State to be, and I know they weren't good a year ago, but with that offense and the athletes that they've got because they've recruited really well over the last couple of years, they could turn out to be one of the more dangerous teams in the country. The game's in Jacksonville, not right, in, in Tallahassee. Um, I'm going to take Florida State. I changed my pick. I originally said Boise. I changed it to Florida State. I just think the desperation factor is too much here. They got smoked in their opener by Virginia Tech last year. I think they're going to be focused and ready to go. I'll take the Knowles. Tilly's got the Knowles as well. Uh, the marquee game of the weekend, quickly, Oregon and Auburn in Jerry World. I'm taking Oregon. There's got to be something behind all the hype. I like their quarterback. They've got some good athletes on that team. When you have an opportunity to go against the Southeastern Conference, you take it. Washington laid an egg in this game a year ago against mm-hmm. Auburn. I don't think Oregon will. I thought you'd take Auburn. Look at it. Across the board, we got a duck sweep. Justin Herbert is their quarterback's name. He's a good one. Let's take a look at the Big 12 preseason poll presented by Red Carpet Charters, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. 68 first place votes for OU, Texas second, Iowa State third, and you can go down from there. Not necessarily surprised OU has picked to win the conference. The margin in those first place votes surprised me. I thought Texas would get a little more love. Well, yeah, maybe after the year they had last year, closed it off strong with a, a Sugar Bowl victory over Georgia. Uh, but Oklahoma is still the class of this conference. you got to beat the champ to be the champ. So, uh, yeah, I think the shocking thing to me, a couple of things. I guess not shocking. It's just 
It's strange that we live in a world now where Iowa State is the third best team in the conference, and I think that's legit. I really do. Uh, it really tells you what Campbell's done with that program. Um, TCU at number four, I think that's a little bit high, but it's that really that kind of that second tier, that middle tier between TCU all the way down to Kansas State. You're not really sure what's going to happen with a lot of those teams. All right, we wrap up every show with over-under. We're talking specifically here about the OU-Houston game. So some predictions. And we'll start with Jalen Hurts. Over-under 249.5 passing yards. Is he getting to 250 or not on Sunday night? Uh, I, I took the under on this because I think this is going to be a really heavy run football game. Okay, I think Oklahoma's going to dominate. I, th I think we're going to really, really dominate the Houston, um, the, uh, the, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I think we're going to run it a lot. Uh, I think we're going to control the game, which to me means I think Mordecai may come into this thing fairly early. So I'm saying under, but it's Lincoln Riley's offense. It wouldn't shock me if he threw for 450 yards. But you're officially going under. I'm officially going under. I'm going over... I think that Jalen wants to put on a show, and I think that Lincoln may want Jalen to put on a show. So I think they may open up the playbook, knowing it's a national television game and he's the story of the country. Hmm. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a big night. I'm going over 250 yards passing. Our producer, Zach Tilly, going over as well. You're a man on an island in this one. Yeah, it's probably not good in hindsight, in a Lincoln Riley offense to take an under on any offensive that's, number. Well, we'll see. That's <laughs> probably right. How about this one? Another offensive number. Over under one and a half touchdowns for Trey Sermon on Sunday. I went over, but this is kind of like a roulette type of play because I think any number of four or five guys, maybe more than that, get carries in the football game. I think it's going to be a heavy, a heavy rushing game. You just don't know who's going to get the touch whenever they go into the end could zone. Could be Kennedy Brooks. Could be Ramondre Stevenson. Right. Could I be think TJ they, they, I think they score several touchdowns on the ground, but I'm going over. I'll say Sermon gets in twice. I miss the minister. I've got him over as well. I think he's going to get two touchdowns. Tilly agrees. Over under 82 and a half total points in this game. 82 and a half. Under. That is a huge number of points. And I think we're capable of scoring a lot. I don't think Houston's going to be capable of scoring as many as they'd need to put it over the 82-and-a-half number. I'm going under. I'm with you. That seems ridiculously high, which means we're probably if, – if they get to 82-and-a-half, regardless if Oklahoma wins the game, Alex Grinch is not going to be happy. That means Houston has scored – a nice chunk of points to get there, probably. Yes. So, yeah. I think if you keep them somewhere in the 20s, I think you're going to be pretty happy with that, you know, depending on how it happens. But uh, the, I, I don't think that would get us to the, the 82 and a half number. All right, we got about 45 seconds. Total offense for Houston, 399 and a half, over, under. I'm going under. I think they may have a couple of explosive plays, but we're going to get so many neg negative yardage plays, sacks, tackles for losses. I think we keep an under it. I agree with you. I've got under as well, as does Zach Tilly. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for subscribing to the Sooner Sports Podcast, which you can do so at Soonersports.com slash podcast. Coming up tomorrow morning, Friday morning, you'll not only get the scene set or the audio version, but you'll also get the audio from our Coach's Corner Conversations with featured Bill Biedenbow and Ruffin McNeil. Daily podcast throughout the football season right here 
on the Sooner Sports Podcast. So, enjoy the start of the college football season tonight. A bevy of games. Big 12 play starts on Friday night. And Oklahoma and Houston at 6.30 on Sunday. We'll be on the air with the Sooner Radio Network with a 4.30 pregame show. Until then, have a great start to the 2019 college football season. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.